0: Greetings and salutations, my creative brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Not Real Art Podcast, where we talk to the world's most creative people. I am your host, your faithful, loyal, trusty, tireless host, Sourdough here, coming at you from Crew West Studio in Los Angeles. And man, do we have a show for you today. The human interest story that we have is uh, really special, very rare. Mother-son collaboration art exhibition which is really special and beautiful and i can't wait for you to hear their story but first i want to encourage you of course to check out all the good healthy stuff we got for you at notrealart.com we're always amping up uh, amazing artists and their art helping them tell their stories and promote their work so be sure to go to not real art and check it out if you don't follow this podcast why not what are you doing what are you waiting for come on follow us Like this episode, subscribe, share with your friends, make comments, all that stuff. It helps the algorithm gods shine their light on us, and we like that. So thanks for any love you can throw our way. All right. Happy New Year, by the way. Is it too late to say that? Anyway, whatever. It's a new year. Hope it's going well for you so far. And I am thrilled about today's episode. It's not often we get to interview a mother and her son about an art exhibition that they are curating and producing together. In this case, the mother is the artist and the son is the curator. Actually, they're both artists. And in fact, the son, Crusoe Herring, a.k.a. Shows Art, has been on the podcast before. And you should check out his episode because his story is very compelling. Art saved his life. Uh, Art got him off the streets. He was homeless. And art saved his life. And he now is thriving as an artist, as a teacher, as a curator, as a gallerist. And his mother, the one and only Sharita, and this woman's a force of nature. Wait till you hear from her. But Sharita, who was a single mother with two young boys with a lot of artistic talent and passion, had to put her dreams as an artist on hold to be a mom and to be a provider and raise her two boys. And she's had an amazing career in grant writing and consulting and helping organizations, nonprofit organizations raise money for their causes and their philanthropy and so on and so forth. So her life has been one of service and giving back and helping others also give back. And so she's just a force of nature, a wonderful spirit, wonderful soul. And here she is now, later in life, boys are grown, a career is established. And she has decided to embrace her inner artist. And her son is curating her first show here in Los Angeles at his gallery. And it is such a beautiful story. And in fact, there's a lot of twists and turns to this. And I can't wait for you to hear from them. The show is called From Beverly Hills to Barnyard, a dynamic duo art exhibition. And it uh, opens here in L.A., January 14th, it's going to hang for about two months. So you'll get all that information in the show notes. Please be sure to check that out. If you're here in LA, the show will be at the Brewery Artist Lofts here in LA. You probably know that if you are here where that is. Anyway, we'll put all the information in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. And I mean, I just love talking to these guys. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sharita is the VIP in the story. (laughs) And she's the an amazing soul, force of nature. Love speaking with her. But her son, Crushow, aka Shows Art, I mean, he just, you know, there was there was a moment I think where he even shedded a tear in our uh, interview with his mom. So it was it was a beautiful dialogue, beautiful conversation. So I can't wait for you to hear. So let's get into this and hear from the one and only Sharita Herring and her son Crushow Herring. Sharita Herring, Crucio. Welcome to the Novel Art Podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm so honored that you are here with us today to share your beautiful story. This is such a cool thing. I mean, I've known Crucio for a few years now through our mutual friend, Man One, and obviously have known him to be such an incredible artist, a brilliant mind, awesome human being, an incredible artist. And lo and behold, and I, cause you know, Kids have to get it from somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Like they say that we stand on the shoulders of our ancestors and what have you. And Crucio being the awesome human and artist that he is, I, I figured it had to come from somewhere. I didn't know it was mom. I'm so yeah. grateful to meet you, yeah. Thank you for coming on and talking about your journey as an artist.
1: Well, I thank you. Actually, he he gets it from both sides. His dad is an amazing artist.
0: Well, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Where's he? We got to get him on. Serena, this is about you. I'm so grateful yes. to hear about your journey. You know, when Crucio called me the other day to, to tell me about the show that you guys are doing together, that he's curating of your work, Yes, and I better understood your journey as an artist because I knew that I wanted to have you on and talk about it because I think that so many listeners can relate, right? Because we put off our dreams, right? We put off our calling sometimes, right? Because we've got responsibilities. We got mouths to feed. We got bills to pay. And here you were, a young artist, someone who showed your artistic talent abilities at a very young age, but you had to put your dreams and ambitions aside for more practical concerns to raise your two boys and feed the family and pay the bills. And now, just now, so many years later, you are finally embracing your inner artist and having your first show. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you. You're make me cry. <laughs> yes, 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 yes yes, you. yes, yes. This is
0: incredible. And so I could start any number of places, but let's start, I guess, let's start in present day, right? Let's start with how you're feeling now. We'll go back and we'll talk about the journey and the pain and the suffering and the gnashing of teeth. <laughs> but let's talk about now. How are you feeling? You have a show coming up. It's debuting. I have the press release right here. It's opening January 14th. Do I have that correct? Yes. January 14th. It's opening at the Brewery Artist Loft, specifically at, I know it's Crucio Studio Gallery.
2: Lightroom Studios. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we'll cover this more in the intro. So how many pieces are in the show?
1: Right about 30. 30 pieces. You're coming out
0: swinging. Congratulations.
1: Yes, yes. And I was afraid that they all weren't going to make it. I mean, we were trying to send them and, you know, with all the packaging and everything and around Christmas, and I'm still bringing a few on the plane with me. I had to check with Southwest to see what size I could bring because these are my large pieces, Mm -hmm. like 36 by 48 or something like that. So I'm real excited.
0: Yeah, I've often said the worst thing about being an artist is actually having to like ship art and deal with shipping and, and moving the moving the art. <laughs>
1: it's always yes. And this was my first experience to that. All I can say to anyone, especially that is just starting out, this was a lesson learned. Start early, mail early. It will save you a headache and would definitely save you money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. We don't want to pay those rush charges. Right. Sure. So 30 pieces. I mean, this is of such a strong showing. Congratulations. Yes. That represents so much blood, sweat, and tears, passion, love, all that stuff. Now, are these 30 pieces, pieces that you've worked on over, say, since the pandemic, over the last few years, are these pieces that span? A longer time horizon. Have you been just in the studio working over the last year? Like, how long have you been painting these pieces? How long have they been in the works?
1: It's a mixture because Mm -hmm. of fear. I would start on something and I'm like, oh, and I put that away and I, you know, stare at it for a (laughs) moment. Something (laughs) that I felt like I could go on and finish. So some pieces were done over the Christmas holiday. A lot of them were started over the past couple of years. Because I've just been so motivated, like Crew shared with you earlier, moving here on my ancestors' land is what truly ignited my inner artist. I mean, just being here in the open air on my ancestors' land that's been in our family over 100 years and sitting in my great-grandfather's barn. I mean, mm. I've loved barns all my life, and I've always loved photography also. I mean, my boys have always got, Ma, you're taking too many pictures. So <laughs> I've always loved the art of pictures and photos and just never thought that I would be able to put it into painting. But I've taken hundreds, if not thousands of pictures of barns and to now be sitting in my great grandfather's barn. And that's where I sit and paint or just pray. And now that it's winter, of course, I'm not sitting in the barn, but it's right here close. And I, that's just been my inspiration.
0: That's amazing. Well, the show's called From Beverly Hills to Barnyard. Yes. And your life like so many people out there is is a story of doing what you have to do, right? Going where life takes you to doing what you got to do. And the fact that you were able to get back to your homeland, really. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what a magical gift the universe has given you to make it full circle, yeah?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I came to this land as a little girl with my grandmother a few times. Matter of fact, the outhouse that's still standing was what we had (laughs) used. (laughs) And it's amazing how that even happened. I didn't even know the land was still in my family. Mm -hmm. And I came here to Arkansas. I teach grant writing also in my business, Mm -hmm. grant writing, nonprofit development and community and economic development. And I came here to work with my uncle, which was a small town mayor at the time to train he and his staff to get a grant for them to be able to complete and get the road down in their town. And I loved it here so much. I started looking in the newspaper and my aunt said, well, you know, that land is still up there in those sticks. And I said, what land? <laughs> she said, Big Mama's land. And I'm like, what? And lo and behold, now my aunt donated this almost 30 acres to me and my organization. And still, it's nothing but The universe. I say God, but someone may say the universe or whatever. But I say for anyone to follow your inner gut, continue to do what you love, and all of it will lead you to the path that is best for you. And that's just how I ended up here.
0: Uh, That's brilliant. So, okay, so I and and the listeners can orient themselves. We're talking about this land. Where exactly? I believe it's Arkansas, but tell us exactly where you're at.
1: Well. I am in Hattieville, Arkansas. And get this, ever since I was a little girl, I loved Green Acres. I loved, and now I know I'm dating myself. A lot of people don't know these shows. (laughs) But then my all-time favorite was Petticoat Junction. And I wanted to be one of those three sisters. And I loved Uncle Joe. And I loved Arnold the Pig. And they lived in Hooterville. God's got jokes because there isn't a Hooterville on the map. So he got me the closest that I could. Now, I'm not in Hooterville, but I'm in Hattieville. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, the gods definitely crack some jokes, make some jokes, don't they? Yes, and I absolutely. love it. And so, I mean, have you seen a giraffe? <laughs> How funny is a giraffe? Don't tell me. God, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I have a little bit of, actually, I have some family connection to Arkansas, but and I've been to Little Rock. So, where is Hattieville in relationship to Little Rock, for I'm example?
1: Forty-five minutes north of Little Rock.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah. Great. I and go so, to Little
1: Rock often.
0: Yeah. And so you used to go there as a little girl to visit your family. And who was the was it your uncle, your great uncle, your great grandfather? Like who actually settled the land originally?
1: On my maternal side, my uh-huh. grandmother and her thirteen siblings were born in the house that's right here on the property. Wow. And it was it was her grandfather that initially got land and divided it up with his sons. I think he had like 10 sons. Mm-hmm. And my great grandfather was one of those sons. And that's the land that I'm on.
0: That is amazing. What a gift. Yeah. It's incredible that it's still in the family. Absolutely. And then not to know about it, right? Like, like oh, like, oh, you lost track of 30 acres.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people do. You yeah. know? Oh, sure. There are people now that I've been here, and a lot of people follow me on my Beverly Hills to Barnyard Facebook. And mm-hmm. they say, Sherita, you know what? I forgot we had this many acres. It has been amazing. You never know who's watching you on Facebook. Another lady went on and retired, and she's now sending me her picture. She said, Shreed, I never even thought I'd want chickens, and now I got chickens like you. See, I haven't even shared that. I have 36 chickens, five ducks, <laughs> three guinea, two cats, and seven dogs.
0: Okay, so I need some fresh eggs. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> you're too far away. That is amazing. So you're now essentially a farmer, <laughs> On top of being an artist. Yeah, I, call
1: it, I call it homesteading because I'm not doing any farming per se right now. It's yeah, mostly right. animals. I have livestock and it's going to end up being an artist retreat. I already mm-hmm. have two mobile homes that are donated that we're going to get rehabbed to be able to have luxury glamping for artist retreats and women's retreats and that kind of thing. And Crucial and I, we're going to be collaborating on that, bringing people here from even Los Angeles.
0: Of course, of course. I love that. That's amazing that you're turning it into an artist retreat, so to speak. God bless you for that. That's going to be really special because I think, and certainly for those artists that are coming from LA, they don't often get a chance to breathe that fresh air and Mm -hmm. see those stars at night and get a sense of connecting back to the earth.
1: Right, right. And again, you know, like I said, our journey leads us to what truly feeds our souls. See, I had no idea that my grant writing and project development and all of what I was teaching everyone else would benefit me here years later on my ancestors land. So I'm just saying that to say that sometimes people are wondering why are they here? What is their purpose? And what I always say is dig into your GPS. Now I'm a preacher's kid. And years ago, my father taught me about God. Praise and service. And I call that the original GPS. Oh, I love that. I really feel like God doesn't give us things just because. He gives us talents, whether it's poetry, the arts, the gift of word, whatever it is, there's a reason behind it. And we didn't get those gifts just to use as a hobby. If that was given to you, I guarantee you, you can survive off of it. But I just, mm-hmm. again, with my art, I just had put it aside as a single mom. Crew and his younger brother became my focus, had to, and yes. I had to do what would pay me at that time. It just ended up that I found a way to do it in community, which is also my passion. Community and being an advocate for those that oftentimes are the less fortunate is what I built my career off of.
0: Well, you know, what? part of what I love about what you just shared is that that's also sort of a message for anyone listening. It's this notion of staying in the game because you just don't never, you can never see how things are going to work out. You just can't, you know, so many people I feel like are playing the short game. They're losing faith. Maybe they're impetuous or they're impatient. And uh if you're faithful right to your calling or to your life or just to your day-to-day responsibilities, like you just never re- sometimes know where it's all leading. And the fact that all these skills and experiences and tools and faith and you know all these things has brought you back, it's poetry in motion.
1: Absolutely. It brings you back full circle. When you truly love something, and this is what I do when I'm coaching, and I won't stay on that because I do want to talk about my art, but it's hard for me to not talk about how I got into my art without talking about how I do my business coaching. And I encourage people, if you had three days to do absolutely nothing but what you love, what does that look like? And that's where when someone like a client of mine, see, when when a person isn't doing what they love, you ask them what they do. And he said, oh, you know, I'm an accountant. And he was just kind of shaking his head like this. And I said, that's not it. In my mind, I'm thinking that's not it. He's not in his passion. And so I was at a dinner party and I said, tell me this. What would you do if you had three days to do absolutely nothing? And all of a sudden, he sits up on the edge of his chair and he's like, oh, man, Miss Herring, you know, when the tide is high, I'm out there on that water and I'm in the surf. You know, his whole body got into it. He forgot that he was trying to be professional. And that's what happens to us. When things touch our soul, now soul to soul starts talking. Mm-hmm. If you are talking about what truly is your passion, you would draw people in no matter what even if it's something that they didn't have an interest in, because it is the energy, it is the law of attraction. So the more that we can all start operating in what we truly love, life gets a little bit sweeter. I'm telling you, with what I have been going through over the past year or more with COVID and just a lot of other personal things, when you're doing what you love, it's like the shocks of life. And I don't mean shock like to jolt you, I'm talking about a car without shocks. When you're doing what you love, it's like having shocks. Those bumps aren't as hard because you're doing what you love and you're into it so much that even when things that are troubling you come across you, you handle it a whole lot better. You can even smile and laugh about it because you've got those shocks. You're doing what you love and and it makes those bumps just a little bit easier.
0: Sherita, you are a preacher's daughter. I mean, you know, like I'm ready to give you an offering right now. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And you know, I love it because it resonates because I've been fortunate, you know, like I saw my dad go to a job he hated for 30 years and he told me to do something else. You know, he didn't want me to do what he did because Mm -hmm. he wanted me to follow my calling and my passion. Uh And I, you know, one of the greatest gifts I was ever given by the universe was the fact that my dad gave me that freedom to be able to follow my passion, my calling. And I tell the people all that all the time. And and you never work a day in your life, right? When you're able to be doing what you're doing. And, right. and it sounds like you've had a lot of satisfaction and joy in your work, writing grants and helping people accomplish their missions, their work through your philanthropic uh, economic development, community service to the community, so on and so forth. And so you're a lucky blessed person, right? To be able to look back on a life well-lived. But now here you are right? We're here to talk about your art. You know, you are leaning into your life as an artist, your inner artist. You know, and I, I actually believe that there's an inner artist in all of us, right? And in, well. in the story that I like to tell, I don't know if you've never read the book, Orbiting the Giant Hairball, which has a funny name, <laughs> Orbiting the Giant Hairball. Like um, write that down. It's written by Gordon McKenzie. Uh-huh. And Gordon was the chief creative officer for Hallmark cards. Okay. Okay. And he's not with us any longer, but as the creative director for Hallmark cards, here you have this artist, right. Who is working for this big corporate kind of entity. So orbiting the giant hairball is about how do you maintain your artistic integrity, right. When you're working in this big corporate environment, but he tells the story in the book where he would go and he would lecture to school kids and talk to kids about art and what have you. And he talked to all the grades, you know, kindergarten and up. And he always started his talks with the same question. Who here is an artist? And in kindergarten, every kid raised their hand, right? Yeah. Yeah. first grade, you know, you see where this is going. Uh, In first grade, who here is ours? Half the class raises their hand, right? Well, by third grade, he said, maybe one kid in the back would raise their hand. I'm an artist. So we've created a system that largely squeezes out this inner artists that we have at some point we become self-conscious. We become embarrassed or whatever, right. To express ourselves creatively and what a tragedy that is. And the fact that you are at a point in your life where you're able to actually now embrace your inner artist that you had to silence in some ways for so many years. I mean, what a inspiring story that is.
1: Yeah. And you know what? It's something that you would bring, that up about how everyone is an artist because even with the way our world is designed even if we think we are not artists the way highways just like in los angeles when you're driving let's say from the entry off the freeway by the staples center it's no longer staples center it was staples center when i was there uh, yeah
0: it's crypto.com okay. i think which is
1: yes. horrible. You know, yeah. if, if yeah. you're on the highway if you're mm. on the uh, on the 110 freeway mm. and you're there at that height and mm-hmm. get ready to drive into downtown, the way mm-hmm. that's designed and the skyline and the way the bridge is crossed and the way the trees will, the palm mm-hmm. trees hit, all of that is by design because mm-hmm. even if we think we are not artists, our eyes and the feeling that it creates is art. Yep. And it's because of that art that creates that. When yeah. you are going down by 7th Street and you're ready to go under the overpass, but then there's another one and then you see a certain building and that's the way, and the, way the sun is hitting. All of that is art. The McDonald's arches and the color is art. So uh, the world around us is built around art. And that's why even with downtown L.A. and other downtown areas all over the country and the world, the very first thing they did with the whole revitalization is they had to bring in an arts community, cultural arts jazz, visual arts, because people surround themselves in their lives around the arts. Mm -hmm. So if the United States would stop squeezing those programs out of schools and start making them more of a priority, our students would do better in math, science, we would have less bullying, less obesity, childhood obesity. Because the countries that are focused on the arts, they have less obesity, they have less people in prison, people are happier in their jobs. Do you know across the United States, especially, 80% of the people surveyed said that they hate their job? Mm -hmm. And that's where we spend eight, 10 hours a day. Then we wonder why alcoholism is the way it is. We wonder why when people get home from work, that's when domestic violence increases. Now, I'm saying all of this only because it's from my grant writing. See, because I am a grant writer and a community and economic development person, all of these things that I am repeating that is now taking me into my arts are things that were along my journey as I was doing my community economic development and community mobilization. Mm. So that's why I tell people, whatever path you're on, even if you're not liking it, there's a reason, and you're going to use it. Nothing is by accident. It it, is just by chance.
2: Well, they cut the art programs and things that fashion so they can control As long as you're not creative, they get to make you feel that you have to go to college. You have to get a nine to five. You have to rely on them and all that,
1: you know. And it also feeds the prison system.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, the government really doesn't want free, independent thinkers who express themselves creatively. (laughs) <laughs> in a in opposition to what they want us to do, right? So, and yes. that, But that's a whole nother podcast, right? That is a
1: whole nother, yes, yes. <laughs> the thing is, is that I, I people always say, and especially even on my Facebook, they say, "Shruti, you're always smiling. You always seem happy. I'm not always happy, but I choose to be happy. Mm. And Crew and I were talking about this like last week and we were talking about creating your own narrative. Stop reading a book or looking at a movie wishing you were that way when you can create your scenes in your life. You can create your narrative. I used to look at movies and wonder how people could be at home painting and drinking coffee and not going to work when actually I've created that. And anyone can. See, something wonderful always comes out of even the worst scenarios. COVID-19, a lot of people died. We all have lost someone or have gotten it ourselves or someone in our family. But out of that, if nothing else, the fact that we are on virtually, So many people never even thought of doing anything virtually that now they can do their work virtually. People have gone to church, had birthday parties, even funerals via Zoom or some kind of virtual technology. I show people in my business how whatever you do, even if it's a mechanic, you can be doing it virtually because we all watch YouTube for something to learn from it. Mm -hmm. So why can't we be doing that also live and starting to do more of the things that we've always wanted to do? that we continuously put off because we didn't know how it could happen. So how
0: did it feel for those years, decades even, where you had to suppress and silence your inner artist, yet you knew you were doing it for the right reasons? There was no, I'm guessing there was no conflict about it because you knew you were doing it for the right reason, but it still must have been a bit painful, a bit uncomfortable, frustrating. Talk about how you were feeling those years when you knew you were silencing your inner artist.
1: You know what? I didn't even look at it in that way because we all are layers of who we are. I was doing so many other things that I love that I didn't realize that I had suppressed it. My sons both are wonderful artists. And so I would sit and doodle with them. A matter of fact, crew used to get upset with me because he would say, mom, just draw it for me. And I'm like, no, I'm only going to do this much and then you finish it. So I would always doodle with my sons. (laughs) Crucial, I would try and take him to art galleries, but because his friends, that wasn't cool, you know, he, he didn't want to do it. But that's why I tell people five percent of something beats a hundred percent of nothing. Yes. So just because I wasn't painting at the time, I didn't let go of the passion for art. No. I would always go to the Getty Center. When I moved to Arkansas, the first thing I did is I opened actually an art gallery and I exposed even senior artists. There were seniors that were coming to my gallery here in Arkansas. And they were even saying, Sherita, I've never let anyone in public see my art. I mean, Mm. so I was helping seniors come out of senior facilities and exposing their art. I didn't consider myself an artist because I wasn't actually producing anything, but I've always loved the arts. And I just figured I'm going to do something in it. So that's why I live by 5% of something beats 100% of nothing.
0: I love that. I love that. Truth, truth, truth. Sharita, so you've got 30 pieces in your show coming up. Your boy crew showed me, I think five or six, sent me some images uh, of your work. I saw some beautiful work there, landscape, nature-oriented kinds of paintings. It was a little unclear to me if you're painting in oils or watercolors, maybe a little bit of both. Tell us a little bit about your practice, your medium, and the works that you've created.
1: Right now, I'm painting in acrylics. But I'm looking to start branching and doing some mixed medium. Matter of fact, one of my paintings, I'm even adding some actual real plants onto the painting. I was afraid to send it that way, but I'm hoping to be able to add them on when I get to Los Angeles. There's just so many different ideas that are coming into my head now that I'm I'm stepping into it and I'm feeling more comfortable about it. And that's why I tell people, live fearlessly. See, we would do more if we would not Let the fear stop us. And my motto is yo-yo, which stands for you are your only limitation. And I've always lived fearlessly. Like when I up and moved to Los Angeles on July 19th, 1988, with my two young sons, didn't have a a full-time job, barely had $200 in my pocket. People were like, oh, you'll be back. You'll be back. I didn't even let that fear stop me. If I went back, I went back. And so the thing is, is that I never hesitate to do things that I really want to do because I don't worry about what someone will say about it. Mm -hmm. I live my life almost like the way I sing in the shower. You know, you sing in the shower like nobody hears you. Nobody better not hear me because they tell me I need to hum. But (laughs) but (laughs) but that's how I live life. And that's how I try to encourage my boys to live their life. Do what feels good for you, because if you're doing truly what is for you as what feels good to you there's absolutely no way that the people around you won't benefit because the way that we operate, if we truly believe in God or what is in us, Mm -hmm. then whatever we're doing, none of us are here just selfishly. We weren't born that way. And so it's always bigger than us. So if you're being the best you can be and loving what you're doing, the people around you are going to benefit anyway.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm trying to imagine, right, what it feels like to be on 30 acres on your family's ancestral land in the barn that has so many memories for you and your other family. And now you're creating in that barn. Of course, it's winter now. Maybe you're not in there so much. But how are you? And, and of course, now you're, you're getting ready for your show and stuff. But generally, when you approach making art, what does that look like for you? Are you sort of suiting up and, and going out to the barn and spending the day sketching and painting? Take us through your process a little bit.
1: Well, for one, the things that I love that inspire me, like these are right here. I've had people to say, even with this unfinished cabin that I'm in, they say, Sharita, when I walk in your place, I feel like I'm walking into a magazine or, or like a stage because I keep the things that please my eye, that make me feel good right around me. So even in the barn, it's a barn, but it's decorated. I decorate my barn with the holidays. I have pumpkins in the fall. I have two Christmas trees out in the barn now. When people come over, they want to sit in there. I have campers that come here. I'm listed on Airbnb and and HIPCAMP. Their coffee shop is in my barn. So when they wake up, there's apples and oranges and hot coffee and chocolate and tea in the barn. And so I use... Everything. My chicken coop has the solar lights around it. So even at night when people drive by, I want them to like to look at my chicken coop. So that's what I mean by when you like what you're looking at, your life is richer. It's almost Mm -hmm. like when your room has been junky and you go in and clean it up that day. When you get up to go to the bathroom, you feel good. Yeah. If your car has been dirty, but now you wash it, you feel like it dries better. And so Even if there's clutter around, you like the clutter that you're looking at. And that's why I encourage people, even before I was painting, I was making posts years ago about having an original piece of art will make you feel differently when you walk in your room. Yes. But people don't think about those things. And that's why I encourage people, let art become a part of your life because it does make a difference. So I I get...
2: Well, you know...
0: (laughs) Yes. And, you know, I'm shaking my head because everything you're saying is resonating. And I was having a conversation earlier today about how much intimidation there is around art and in the art world. And people feel like they don't understand it or they don't have enough money or they're intimidated, whatever. They're fe- it, it's a tragedy, right? Because at the end of the day, most artists just want you to buy their art so that you can enjoy it and see it every day. Right. It's not about some economic. Uh, you know, appreciation of like, oh, this painting's going to be worth some bunch of money. Art is a horrible investment. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> most art is not going to appreciate, really. You should be buying art because it makes you happy. And by the way, one of the pieces of art that I have in my house that I get so many compliments on, people love it, is I got it at the flea market for five bucks. I just put a new frame on it. And that's it, surrounding yourself with beautiful things or things that you think are beautiful
1: that you think make are you happy that feeds your soul. Yeah. Because, see, we measure things by other people's standards, just like uh, somebody, well, I want to get this job, I need to make this amount of money or, or what they drive. But then when they get at home and they're not in that car or they don't, they're not in that position, do they like themselves? How do you feel about you when you're in your silence? Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important to do what feeds your soul. Because if you're measuring it by someone else's standards, that's like I was coaching one young lady and she helps people as far as their dress attire. And she kept saying to her client, you need to get out of that black. You need to wear something color. You need to wear these colors. But if that's not what feels good for you, somebody put you in a light blue suit. And now when you walk in the room, you're standing back. You're feeling funny even when you walk in. But every time you walk in a store, you gravitate to black. Wear your black. No one else can tell you what's going to give you the best confidence, make you walk with your head up. You know, nobody can control your swag unless you let them.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Sarita, one of the things I love about the story is, of course, well, there's several things, but one of the things, of course, is is your journey to this point in your life where you're able Mm -hmm. to celebrate and elevate and, and, and lean into your inner artist. But the other aspect of this is that this very human story of a mother and a son oh. coming together around their shared passion for art and their shared talents for art. And your son, Crucio has been uh, very patient <laughs> as we've been chatting. And what I love about this is that he's curating your show.
2: Yes.
0: And this is a family affair. This is a mother and son coming together to curate this amazing exhibition. I know your heart is full. You probably uh, shed a tear if you think about it. But crucial, how are you feeling, man? I mean, you're curating your mom, you're seeing your mom step in and step up into her and her artists. How are you feeling, brother?
2: Man, you know, I'm excited about it. For so long, mom is, um, you know, I always told her when when I'm having shows and when I'm doing murals, like, hey, look at us. You know what I mean? Like I always say, it's what we did. So it's good to see that she's actually doing hers now. And I can still say, look at us, but it's actually her doing it. At the time when I wanted her to paint, I couldn't get to her. And my brother couldn't get to her. So I wanted her just to do something to where she wouldn't, she wasn't focusing on what was going on back. And Art took me out the streets. So I felt it could take her out of what she was in. So I'm honored. and. I mean, I'm joy. It's just so much joy and pleasure to do it for. <laughs> well, I
0: tell you, it is such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story here. And, you know, and I, I'm wondering, like, is this the first mother-son art <laughs> exhibition? It might be the first, you, you know. know, I, mean? I know it's, it's not a common thing. It's
2: the first one for us, you know. Um, yeah. Especially at my, at our gallery, the Life Here Studio. is is what I've always seen my mom put in her dream of having. So for me to have it, it's like, oh yeah, we're here. And then, you know, you and man one helped us get there. So hey, <laughs> oh, hey, well, it works out, right?
0: All we're doing right is trying to put goodness in the world it, and that's it. And the world needs more, as much goodness as we can exactly. make And
2: You know, it feels exactly. like. We're just- I'm here at the office right now. I see what the uh-huh. Happiness grows. as it's just shared. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm here. At, uh, you guys have to excuse me. I have an art class that I'm actually doing at the moment here. Are you multi-casting? <laughs> Man, now listen. I have a I have an art class that's here at my office here at uh, the Sidewalk Project. So Nice.
0: That's oh, beautiful, brother. That's what we do, right? We do a lot. We do a lot. and We just keep doing. But you don't ever have to uh, apologize for coming in and out because, I mean, really, no offense, crew, but, I mean, the real VIP here. Um, exactly. You know, so you exactly. know, I'm I'm here. I'm here with the
2: VIP. You know, you can pop yeah. in and pop out. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, the time when I was wanting to give the show, at one point, you know, I didn't feel if she was going to really take it because she doesn't fear much and she goes after everything. But I didn't know if she was going to have the confidence to go ahead and put the work out and actually take. Boy,
0: everything. were you wrong. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, I mean, I'm glad she did because I thought she was just going to be painting and then just say, no, it's just for me. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing it until I warm up on it. But every time I would ask her or she would grab a new piece, she was challenging herself more. So I saw that She was actually, seemed like she was ready. So that's what made me ask, like, hey, what about you doing the show? Because at first it was just doing paintings. I was like, oh, cool. You're painting. That's good. You're painting. Are you going to go bigger? Are you gonna paint something different or you know, and it wasn't like I wanted to see anything different. I just was asking what she's gonna keep it going. And yeah, a while it got to where I was saying to myself, like, you know what? I think I should do a show for my mom. So I mean, I I'm just glad she's doing it. I really feel it's gonna be a successful show. Again, everyone come check it out. It's gonna be up for at least a month and a half until May, to the first week of May. It'll be mm-hmm. up the first week of May, so it'll be up all of February because she's my hero for Black History Month, so she'll be up for all of February. So yeah, everyone should come through and see it. Check it out. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And so, Shrida, are you? So, how long are you going to be in LA?
1: Oh, I'm just coming in for the show. I can't leave my barnyard crew, my animals. <laughs> no,
2: no, you cannot leave the no, chicken. I'm just coming Do in. Not leave the animals. Yeah, the new family. She has new family members. <laughs>
1: yeah, but you know, as crew was talking, I just. For one, I didn't find that being a single mother was hard, Uh again, because when you're loving something and you're able to continue to do the things you love. And just watching my boys, I even looked at rearing them almost like art, like I'm molding men. And even as they get older, you know, you're chiseling around the ear. But see, our children will mimic us.
0: Uh
1: And... Now that I've been painting and the two of them, I remember when you were sitting at the table and you helped me do this, or like my youngest son said, mom, you didn't only use paper and charcoal. Remember you taught me in pen. And I said, you remember that? And the encouragement that they have given me is a, just a reflection in hearing them, how I encourage them. I never told crew that he couldn't make it with his art. I told him God wouldn't have given it to you if you couldn't have survived off of it. And even in his lowest moments, He was painting and he and I, I mean, like he said, he was in the street and almost got a case and, but he was painting. And so it's no secret that I recently went through a divorce. It was final in October and there's no hard feelings there. There's no animosity. Everything ran its course, but during the process of it, it was not always easy. And that threw me into my painting even more. And that's what I mean by having shocks because my painting served as my shocks And behind that were my boys being my shocks. And so it's like I tell girlfriends of mine, it's not that I'm happy every day. I just choose the path that's going to make me happier. And I don't like stewing in anything that is not giving me the positive vibes that I want to feel. And so I want to publicly say this, even on this show, I I love my boys and I love crew. And we even will go back and forth as mother and son and have to get off the phone. But time won't pass without one of us reaching out and saying, you know what, that didn't end right, but I love you anyway. And mom, I didn't mean it that way. but, And so people have to have a way to come back around. And either it's going to be through the common interest or just being mother and son. I heard one comedian say, you got to blow that stuff out and come back because life is too short. And there's so much beauty in it. There's so much beauty. And I just encourage people to Go after whatever that is in you because beauty is in all of us. People keep saying to me, Sharita, you're multi-talented. You have all these talents. Well, God is not one-sided. He didn't favor me over anyone else. I'm just greedy. All of who I am, all my layers, I want to live them. Every last layer. You know, if it's just I have, I love interior design, so I'm doing that in my barn. I love music. I have my cello. I bought me a cello a few years ago. I'd never played before, but I'm going to give a concert. And so I'm saying to anyone listening, what are your layers? There are some layers like cutting an onion. There are some layers that are thicker, and some, you know, you mess up with the knife and it's just a little slither. Well, that's not a mess up. <laughs> you know, we have thick pieces and we have thin slithers, but we're layers, and I want to live all of them until I'm dirt again. So
0: I love that. If you're a person that is at all interested in showing your gratitude for having a moment on this, Planet, it feels to me that one of the best ways you can show that gratitude is by living your fullest, best life, trying to be all you can be. (laughs) You know, trying to, you know, right? And, And yeah, so many people, it's like I'm remembering that old story in the Bible about the talents and what people did with those talents. And at the end of the day, right? We've all been dealt a, a set of cards and at the end of the day, how are you going to play those cards and what's your attitude, you know, and I love that you talk about how you choose to be happy. Cause I've said, I was telling this to my kids. I say it all the time. It's like, all we can control is our attitude. Mm-hmm. And I, by the way, I envy you because I'm an old dad. I got two kids under 10, (laughs) so (laughs) so I'm just getting started. But, But I love this vision of you sitting down with the boys and making art. We do, you know, I try to do that a lot. It's like, well, let's make some art or let's draw or let's have a coloring party. But it is the, I think, ultimate show of respect to the creator that we try to spend our time here making the most out of it making the most out of ourselves and trying to be happy and laugh along the
1: way. Right, right. Again, your kids are going to mimic whatever they're seeing. Just like my boys grew up working out And loving the gym and being active in sports. But that's what I was. See, as a director at the Y, I was getting up and taking them early to school so I could go into the gym and work out. And I'm a morning person. I get up in the mornings and that's my highest time. Both my boys are morning people. If you're a night person and you start doing things only at night and can't get up in the morning, your kids are going to mimic that. And so we, a lot of times, and that's why I hate that saying, do as I say, not as I do. I don't like that saying at all. I want to Um, represent what I want my boys to be. I want to operate as the mother so that I want them to choose whoever they're going to date. I mean, even Cruz and his buddies have said, man, Charlie is just like your mom. You know, (laughs) (laughs) our kids are going to choose us. We're going to show up again. So however you're living your life, whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. know that you will show up again through your sons or daughters, spouses, the friends they choose, just like Cruz studies have shown that we are who we are by the time we're five years old. Mm -hmm. And Crew has always brought home strays from dogs to snakes to his buddies because we can tell early in our lives as kids if our buddies don't have a good home life, guess where they would end up coming. And so he's had friends that have stayed all summer and I never met their parents. I had to request, why haven't you came to meet me? You know, (laughs) but as a single mom, See, when you're doing things in the right way for the right reasons, he provides. I
0: love that story. We are who we are, and and, and shows bringing uh, strays home. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hold on, I'm still bringing them home. You see? Well,
1: I do. I mean, he's got buddies that still make sure they tell me happy Mother's Day. He's got buddies that talk about, man, if, if your mom hadn't let me come and stay there, he just told me that story yeah. recently. And I was just doing what I do. Right. And he had no idea that years later that they would remember that and be grateful. Yeah. And now he's a community organizer and, and he fights for the homeless. But that's who he's always been. Just like my younger son, they used to call him preacher. He wanted to dress up. He even wanted his lunchbox to look like a briefcase. Well. <laughs> He's traveling the country and preaching and speaking. And so if we can nurture what children are reflecting early in their lives, that's why I say, watch your children. When I'm training people with organizations, I say, watch the people that you're serving because they will be letting you know where their passions are. And if we can touch into that, we will have less gang activity, less bullying, less teen suicide, less substance abuse among children. Because when we're doing what we love, we forget to eat even. Indeed. You know?
0: <laughs> Indeed. It's true. It is true. Yeah. It is true.
2: It's <laughs> great. It's such a good. gift to hear this to hear this story. Great interview, Scott. I really appreciate this time.
0: Well, I I have one last question before we sign off. Sharita, so out of those thirty pieces, if there's one message that you want people to take away after seeing your work, what
1: is that message? All of them are pieces of me. If you look at any artist, they're painting parts of them, what touches their soul, what they love. Just like I paint barns because I've always loved barns. I paint steel lights because I'm an interior designer and I love the things that we put in our homes that make us feel beautiful. I painted sailboats because I love sailing. I mean, my granddaughter's name is Serenity. My sailboat's name was Serenity. We moved to Los Angeles because I love the ocean. I'm painting the trees and countryside because I've always loved nature. And so when they're looking at the art, they're looking at pieces of me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's with any artist. It's just like if an artist is painting something, one of my artists that I featured in the gallery, her painting was blue. But it was beautiful. And we're looking at it for one thing. And she said, Sharita, I was suicidal at the time and I was feeling blue. So know that when you are looking at an artist's work, it is a reflection of either what they love, what they're feeling or where they want to go, it's still pieces of them. And that's what I want people to feel and see when they come and view my art.
0: Wow, Pieces of Me, like that's a great name for the show <laughs> as well,
1: right? <laughs> Maybe that should be our next one, huh? Yeah,
0: the next one, the next one, right, right? Well, Sherita Herring, cruise Show, I, I tell you, I'm my heart is warm and delighted and charmed right now. I'm so grateful for this time with you guys. Thank you. What a beautiful story, human story, uh, artist story, uh, the story of a mother and her son Mm -hmm. and their journey together. Uh, You know, I'm just so grateful that you guys came through. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. I really, really was so excited. So thank you.
0: Oh, thank you. And good luck at the show. I cannot wait to see the show myself. (laughs) I will come through and uh, I'm looking forward (laughs) to it. Absolutely. Thank you
2: both so much. Hey, thank Thank you you so much, Not Real Art and Scott. Appreciate it. Hey, brother. Anything for you. You know that. Peace, brother. Peace and love. Peace. Bye, mommy.
1: Bye.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Not Real Art Podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share with your friends on social. Also, remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Not Real Art is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles. Our theme music was created by Ricky Pajot and Desi DeLauro from the band Parlor Social. Not Real Art is created by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Not Real Art. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating creative culture and the artists who make it.